Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to. So let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Hey, everybody. Guess what? What? We, we got a bonus episode for y'all. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. It's a little crazy because we rarely <laughs> do them. T- with TJ on the news. <laughs> Morning Zoo Radio, apparently. Yeah, man. Drop your pants and you can win some Melon Camp tickets. Go to the mall. Um, uh, not that joker. I'll, do, I'll do the sound drops over here, I guess. This is Morning Talk Radio. Or Morning oh. Zoo. The Morning Zoo. No. What is the bonus episode on, Jim? The bonus episode. We are here with Kurt <laughs> Halfyard, by the oh, way. Oh, by the way, yes. This is. I don't, I don't do morning zoo radio. All I can think <laughs> is, all I can think of is that one of the morning radio stations in the Greater Toronto area would use the Fred Willard bit from one of the Christopher Guest movies. <laughs> what happened? What happened? And I'm like, <laughs> I thought that's kind of literate for. For morning radio, well, it's kind of cool that they're using that. Well, but I they mean, use that, it all the time. But but that what happened <laughs> thing is literally just making fun of the concept of catchphrases, and they're using exactly. it as a catchphrase. <laughs> and using it as catchphrases, yeah, it might no, be the absolutely. opposite of literate. But <laughs> Fred Willard steals those movies, man. He's great. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. No, we. I, he, <laughs> he sort of walks into any scene, and then it becomes Fred Willard's scene. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's great. Uh, no, Jim, go ahead, tell I, us what I was, the episode's about. Um, it's about possibly my favorite TV show. It could even be of all time. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad is a show that I'm interested in hearing more discussions about with people that I respect who are very articulate and definitely bring a lot to the table in terms of how they feel about a certain um, show, movie, what have you. But uh, I, I recently heard Kurt um, briefly bring it up on the uh, Cinecast at over at Row3.com, and um, he had to hold back because you know the, the other two uh, co-hosts had not seen Breaking Bad yet, and I wanted to give him the opportunity to sort of expand on his opinions and his thoughts, particularly, and this includes Patrick as well. I'm, I'm very curious about everybody's reaction to the show as a whole, but also season four and especially the finale because there were certain things about it that people were bringing up that I didn't see and I'm more curious about that reaction and also maybe just to you know guess maybe where the show is going to go next year I I think that that would be a good discussion yeah I mean I want to talk about the show on on the whole before we get to season four and more this about we will let we will don't worry listener we will let you know once we get into spoiler territory unless it's going to get spoiler heavy you should probably know that up front that I would be up to I would really be up to watching it's on Netflix instant yeah I think is season four on Netflix instant I don't know one to three in Canada Okay, that's probably true, but hopefully you're up to date, and if not, maybe you want to wait. I mean, we'll let you know when we're talking about season four, though, because I yeah. can talk about the the. Sh- I want to talk about the show in general because I am very critical about the season four finale. I indeed, but I think it is one of the greatest shows of all time, and I really do want to emphasize that. The talk about of- your first experience with the show too, and like just as a, in general. Because uh, I'm just curious. I mean, I know other people have been raving about it before you sat yeah, down to watch I, it. I think season three 
uh, I don't know if maybe season three had or hadn't started yet, mm-hmm. um, but it had not concluded yet. But I think I watched it before season three, so I watched the first two seasons, and it's it's clearly you know it's, everyone was raving about it, and they were right. Sure. It's an incredible show. Uh, it sort of has, plays this impossible game where every episode ramps up the tension. Uh, we're literally the from the very first episode. There, like he's in way over his head, <laughs> and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And somehow it does that in plausible ways. It never breaks. Uh, I mean, again, until season four finale, I feel it never really breaks uh, the the reality of the show, um, which somehow simultaneously ha- exists in sort of this arch universe in which. The people who run gangs are charismatic, like super villains, but still has a lot of very human moments, uh, and it all it never feels totally inconsistent, right? Um, you know, it's it's a it's a fucking fantastic show. Everything you've heard about Brian Cranston's performance is true. Uh, what's incredible about it is uh, I, it's hard for me to think back before Giancarlo Esposito. Um, entered the show it's hard for me to think about the show yeah. before him yeah, yeah. you always say well he he kind of steals the show but he doesn't come in till season three right? yeah but i mean the show was great before then but then john yeah. carl esposito is such an amazing job if you try to interfere this becomes a much simpler matter i will kill your wife i will kill your son I will kill your infant daughter. I mean, this is the guy who played Bugging Out in Do the Right Thing. It's literally the opposite character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, and he has that kind of noirish turn in The Usual Suspects, right? Oh He's wow, the, the investigator. I don't remember him in that one. Yeah, I, I I'm curious to see some earlier roles from him now. Now that I know him as Gus, primarily because I always liked the actor, but he was completely rewritten in my brain. After he does Gus, because it's like yeah. nothing he's ever done before, yeah. and it is it is one of those iconic TV characters. Like he's he's an instant like wow character, and and he just gets better. Uh, but he but it's funny, he, like half the show exists without him. <laughs> so right, um, no, but like and the games it plays with, and even. Like I was convinced that uh, Hank, his uh, brother-in-law, who is a DEA agent. Uh, was always going to be this sort of uh, super macho asshole. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, great, Hank's on screen. It suddenly became a little less like Breaking Bad, a little more like The Shield or something. Like, it just... <laughs> I don't just mean because he looks like Michael Chiklis. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... It, it, he has this sort of tone where he's like, I'm going to do a little law enforcement. And where it's like, if you're really so high up in the DA, how are you so dumb? And, <laughs> and, the, and But the character pretty quickly actually really does reveal himself to have a lot of layers uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, the I think you know the role that is usually the sort of thankless uh, the role wife. of the wife yeah. is one of the best characters um, I think a good indicator of you want to tell someone is sexist just like do you hate Skylar White <laughs> because I have noticed a lot, a lot of people, of people like, oh yeah her what, off. A, what a bitch once again he'll blame his bitch mother for taking away what his loving father has given him so thanks for that but you know what Walt 
someone has to protect this family from the man who protects this family. You clearly... well, she, she, no, but she has one for huge chunks of the show. Um, she has the thankless role of being the the sort of suffering, complaining wife. So, like, <laughs> but the, the all one of her complaints. Oh, but all of her complaints are one hundred percent founded. Oh in, no, 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 no! I'm not saying she's yeah, not justified yeah. in being that, but she is that. And this is the weird thing: when I started watching Breaking Bad, the episode season two was already airing when I saw season one, and. I think season one is like really short. It's yeah, like six, six episodes. episodes. Yeah. It's like a long movie basically. And I watched it like that pretty much in one sitting. And then I left it for three years and watched season part of season two. And then I got really sick in November and then watched sort of from the halfway mark of season two to the end of season four in one almost continuous, slightly flu delirium. Um, <laughs> And the weird thing about it is that if you look at Breaking Bad in season one, it's nothing – like all the themes are there, but it's nothing in construction like the rest of the show. The first season to me – because I actually have a chemistry degree, which is kind of funny. And, and a buddy – I mean I work in a place that's all chemists and engineers for my day job and I was recommended – which is almost – which rarely happens, but I was recommended by a coworker, ironically the IT guy, not one of the chemists, to watch Breaking Bad. Um, but I, but it's funny that when you watch Breaking Bad, the first season is like when you're doing an undergraduate degree in chemistry, your professors are going to tell anecdotes of things, and the only one that was missing in the first season of Breaking Bad, like almost every episode is like a chemistry professor anecdote of the sort of goal behind each episode. Um, the only thing that was missing was like thalidomide. I may, it may even be mentioned at some point in the show. But anyway, um, and it was fascinating that it became this sort of, we're going to tell this story, uh, but we're going to have this, you know, sort of pedantic framing device of these, um, you know, chemistry anecdotes. I don't remember the specifics, but I know if I went back and I could tell you each episode what it is and i found it to be the the best joke in the entire series which is quickly dropped but the best joke in the entire series is that walter white becomes the best meth producer in the southern united states just by knowing simple stoichiometry which is the way to balance chemical equations that was the greatest satirical joke of breaking bad season (laughs) one the show becomes something else in season two but that first season was this yeah it, it had that element of this this chemistry professor he's much more than that but if you look at season 1 a huge number of plot threads or character developments are like they 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 looked at season 1 which was right in the middle of the writer's strike and that's why it was truncated right. mm-hmm. um they looked at it and they said what didn't work we're on to something people love this show <laughs> let's oh yeah the uh, the DEA agent's wife has a shoplifting problem. Bad fucking idea. Scrapped. <laughs> they just threw it away. And the uh, the the conflict no, it with does come that, back. That comes back. It yeah, it does comes back. come back very briefly. Yeah. But it, it and and the, the the same with the Walters old business partner partner and his wife screwing them over and becoming rich. Again, it does come back later. But it looked like at one point that that could have been like a major emphasis of the show. Yeah. And thankfully. 
thankfully, it never it never comes back. I'm, I'm also and, glad they got rid of sort of the MacGyver aspect where Walter White defeats crime by, like, making chemistry bombs. <laughs> like, he knows yeah, chemistry yeah, so well. No, but that's what the that's what the sort of, like I was saying, the, the pedantic side of things. There's only, like, one episode in season two, uh, which is when they're trapped, when they go to do this, like, marathon cooking session and the battery runs dead and he has to yeah. MacGyver the battery to starting or they're gonna they're gonna die of dehydration um or 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 whatever but again like all the uh, season one is almost like a little miniature show and then they they really sort of spread their wings in the further seasons but when i first started watching the show i thought oh it's gonna be in the hbo model of like deadwood and the wire and and the, the the sort of really upscale shows where it's sort of a microcosm of America or you know the sort of social context uh, of how everything works, and I started to really hate Breaking Bad because it was not very good at that. Yeah, at all. <laughs> and then I realized, yeah. oh, this is the guy who made the X Files or one of the key writers on the X Files, and when they started injecting these huge gore moments, like there's definitely a big one, <laughs> the HF bathtub Good sequence Lord. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the in the first thing was probably the grossest thing I've ever seen on television to that point yeah uh, and but then you realize in season two and particularly in season three and season four the show absolutely delights in its gore moments like it, there's not a lot of them but it it really makes them count and you realize that this show is it does want to be kind of that you know badass let's just put on a goddamn show kind of thing yeah. and not be this greater uh you know sort of like Rosetta Stone into how society works which is a lot of like the wire and 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 Deadwood certainly function in that and Big Love to a degree function in that regard and I like the fact that once I got into the the headspace that Breaking Bad is just like a good show like it, it wants to ramp things up and it wants to screw with you without violating the characters like it's not like aiming for lost where it's just going to be cliffhangers and <laughs> yeah and that's that's whatever. something that like the characters are never cheapened in breaking bad and but it still gets to have its you know sort of badass gangster aspect to it it's, it's a delicate balance and in in season two when they have that black and white like mutilated stuffed animal and framing story that like something really bad is going to happen that when i first watched season two and you finally get revealed as to what the 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 connecting thread is in that it pissed me off because i didn't quite realize what the show was even that far in (laughs) but then by the time season three comes along and you really kind of get the groove of the show yeah then it then it completely starts to work but one of the things that the creators do not perfectly is that they they just abandon characters for a while and poor jesse who's not the (laughs) deepest character in the world but there is long stretches in season two and season three where they just don't know what to do with them they they they, there's like nothing for him to do so he just goes into a drug-induced funk (laughs) or he he just has a perpetual party at his house like they they don't really make a lot of sense his actions but the character's just on hold because the show is ultimately walter's show and um i actually find it does i i agree with um 
with you when you said earlier that um, they take uh, what's his name the the brother-in-law the DEA Hank. agent guy Hank, Hank and they, they 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 make him more for, for for being just like this blustering idiot blowhard and they give him a bit more depth but there's times when they spend too much time with Hank and too much time with other characters and, yeah. and you you know the, the show sizzles when it's Walter doing his thing and fortunately they never stray too far from that but every now and again like there's like huge chunks where Walter is going to you know, take a job in Mexico or, 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 you know, closer to where the real cartel shit is going down. Yeah. And he has to struggle with that. And it's not really that compelling, guys. <laughs> uh, like Walter and his crazy setting up a drug network and his sort of moral collapse is what's interesting about the show. And the last thing that I'll say that I really love about the show and what is a great sort of satire of of manliness like the, the the show is supposedly about walter going from being this pushover um uh almost cuckolded uh um totally like almost a eunuch kind of guy uh by his former business partner to a degree by his wife um to being like a super badass and that of course in the old 1950s 60s 70s sense of america that's a good thing but when you watch it play out in breaking breaking bad it's a horrible thing like the more manly he becomes the less of a human being he becomes like i i mean i guess the, the the show is a is a test of uh to a degree it's a test of viewership or viewer goodwill of how long can you stay on the good ship Walter before you're ready to bail off and just let the damn thing sink because he does like there's a there's a scene I think it's in season two where Jesse has the girlfriend mm-hmm. is it season two yeah and uh, like that's probably the big first like major moment where you go that was a flat out unbelievably let's go ahead and, uh, spoiler <laughs> alert <laughs> no 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 let me briefly say that my first experience with this show um i remember looking at like a paste magazine for and seeing their dvd releases and all I remember seeing was why is the guy from Malcolm in the Middle in his underwear holding a gun? Yeah. And like thinking, what is this show all about? Um, you know, b- back then, I mean, to some degree now, I'm I'm not as enthused about the latest TV craze or you know whatever show everybody's watching. I still haven't seen The Sopranos. I still need to catch up with The Wire. I mean, there's a lot of shows I'm really excited to see. Um, it, sometimes it takes me a while to, you know, jump on the bandwagon. And uh, Breaking Bad w- really hooked me in, in ways that I was not expecting because, you know, it's a show that, I mean, I, I guess I, you know, all it really takes is a hook. All it really takes is a simple premise of, you know, somebody dealing with their morality and having to compromise in ways that I sure never would. But, like to have some sort of justification for it 
And, you know, to some degree, and it's, I'm glad that they sort of never went to the macro level approach and decided to tackle like, well, I can't get health care coverage and this is why I do it. I mean, that's mentioned here and there, but I'm glad it didn't become a central fo- focus. You know, it's it's there in the background. It's there once, you know, Hank has to deal with, with his uh, injury. But still, like that component I found, you know, <laughs> relatively, um, you know, something that people have to encounter and something that people can find relatable in our country, that is. Um, And just seeing Brian Cranston absolutely come into his own as an actor, I found endlessly interesting. And, you know, to see what he's had to go through um, and all the decisions and the choices he's made and all the consequences he's had to confront, you know, I mean, the, the, the moment, you know, that like I wound up, singing the high praises via email to everybody watch this show. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I don't I, I want to say it was season two or season three, but it's when, um, the, the, the two twin brothers come and, uh, attack. Oh, Hank. that great sequence. Yeah. That I was not prepared for how like, Holy fuck, you know, <laughs> like my reaction, my visceral reaction to that sequence. I need you to listen very carefully. Two men are coming to kill you. Come again? They're approaching your car. You have one minute. And I'll get the gag jag off. Who is this? They're coming. Hello? That is again another i uh, another example of sort of the dichotomy between sort of the more arch mm-hmm. uh, aspects of the film. Uh, I mean of the, of the show and how it subverts it. Because for a while there, I'm like, oh, so they have Anton Chigurh now. Like, so, <laughs> so Anton Chigurh well, is twins now, and like that's kind of silly. And but then, those like, two characters almost made me stop watching the show because yeah. it was right after yeah. the end of season two, and I'm like. Oh my God! They're just gonna make it flat out into a comic book, right? Show. Right. Uh, I was worried. The that's I was very worried. Where they they take Hank not completely by surprise, but they have the jump. They still have the jump on Hank, even though Hank gets advanced word. And it must have been season three. And Gus they just get well. destroyed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, but in a way that isn't, you know, that you still believe it because it has such a huge toll on Hank as well, and <laughs> and that whole sequence is amazingly shot, like. That was a great moment where it's like, okay, so they're not going to turn this into like it was subverting expectations. And this show, and they're does very it good on at, a regular basis. They're very good at yeah, going back and taking something that initially gave you compre- uh, apprehension and then sort of fixing it. Another another example is uh, Tuco, um, the oh, first yeah, sort yeah. of crime boss you see. I'm like, all right, so we're going to get the typical. By the way, how come there's never a single Ital- uh, single intelligent Mexican gangster in any movie like? You get the you get the Frank Lucas and American Gangster. You got all the intelligent you know mafia mm-hmm. people. Every Mexican one's just a fucking screaming lunatic. Meth. Head. And then, but then after after he gets taken care of, and you meet the people who are above him, they're all like, "Well, he was a lunatic." <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like uh, especially um, I mean, especially Giancarlo Esposito character is such an antidote to it that it in retrospect makes that tolerable. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's Chilean, but I mean, 
he is running, you know, it's it, and but the people in the Mexican cartel are also not the lunatics that the, well, one of the big mob bosses, which again plays as kind of a kooky character when he's introed, but then he gets better written. Carlo Esposito character is such an antidote to it that it, in retrospect, makes that tolerable. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's Chilean, but I mean, he is running, you know, it's. And but the people in the Mexican cartel are also not the lunatics. That the... Well, one of the big mob bosses, which again plays as kind of a kooky character when he's introed, but then he gets better written as time goes by. He's a minor character, but one of the great, one of my favorite little character actors. He's in all the Darren Aronofsky films. Uh, Mark Margolis. Um, he's the guy in the wheelchair with the bell. Oh, yeah, oh man! Yeah, yeah. Oh, they... I never recognized him from Aronofsky's films. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he plays Go and Pi, and he yeah he he's he's in them all. Okay, um, he's just a great character actor. And when I first saw him, I thought, oh, okay, he'd be like Danny Trio, he'd be just a little one-off guest shot or whatever. And but they do like they don't really make him a character. He's just a a ticking time bomb, right? Like in, in the literally, like the, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's all it's almost Hitchcockian how much tension they get out of that ringing bell. Yeah, <laughs> like it, totally. it's amazing. But then. As the show evolves, like a lot of TV shows, I, I don't know whether they had this planned out or whether it was a natural, well, we've got these sort of things in the air, we can use them. And so he becomes a major character in season four, at least. And he's around in season three. And even though he only has like the first two episodes of season two, and he, he's just really fun to watch when he's just a, a type and then when they actually make him to be a real character he he completely comes into his own and, and he's really a very satisfying semi-recurring yeah character um, yeah i do want to talk about the kind of uh bump in the road for me um probably probably the only major thing and i think we all kind of agree to a lesser to some extent or another about the way season two wraps up um I I was like, hmm. I mean, again, it felt more like a, a, a screenplay choice, and w- the choice didn't really add up to anything. And again, it really didn't. It is probably the one the the airplanes yes, colliding. The it's airplane. probably the one thing that started off feeling kind of arch and weird, and like, all right, this is kind of over the top that they didn't retroactively justify. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's and it's something that doesn't affect his character at all. Um, I mean, even at the beginning of season three, it's pretty much just written off. Um, no, through... it, but but it was as if to say, like one of the big themes of Breaking Bad is that actions have consequences, right. sure. and this was the this was the most arch way to say that because it's like, okay, so Jesse got this girl back into drugs, and then Walter decides she's a risk to his family, so he just stands there and watches her die, um, yeah. and then her. Um, dad, um, uh, <laughs> Q from Star Trek, um, decides uh, or whatever is under enough stress by losing his daughter and whatever, and he's an air traffic controller, and it, it's kind of like the butterfly effect in well, the New Mexico or whatever. I mean, clearly it was a. I, I mean, it's very um, almost like a cover your ass by uh, Vince Gilligan and company in that. They make sure that you know as a viewer that they had this plan from the beginning by A, those framing stories, and B, if you look at the episode title, someone pointed this out to me, like the the fact that the plane crashed is actually revealed in the episode titles. 
Like it's, I think it's like you know, flight something down, and then the one of them is like X Y whatever the the the, the airport code for Albuquerque. Like it's actually they like they like doing right clever stuff like that. Like, uh, that's so it gets kind of a little bit much for me because too much like lost. Them, but it's fine. That's too much yeah, like lost. Is. That's I mean I don't know but like they, playing that. But it's not the the idea of it. The way it's done in Breaking Bad is that it's not really relevant to anything. Yeah, it's, it's not there. the focus. Right. And they did it. And 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 again, it's kind of like a no. We're not just making this up as we go along. See, we you know you saw yeah. that we were doing this right. So maybe it's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a you know them kind of trying to make a contract with you that they're being mm-hmm. honest, but it feels a bit like, uh, just do it. You know, okay. don't, you don't yeah. have to and justify I, yourself. I want to take this opportunity to talk about my first, now, my first big problem with the, with the show, and which is that, uh, like, when I first started watching it, I thought the point was going to be um, not, and I, I think I believe I talked about this on an earlier episode when I first started watching Breaking Bad, and we mentioned it briefly, um, that that the point would not be, oh, it's about a guy losing his humanity. I thought the point was going to be, it's a guy realizing he doesn't have any humanity because stuff comes so easy to him. But that didn't really play out uh, because the the show keeps asking us to stop and marvel at how low he sunk, where it's like, okay, number one, he kills someone in the very first episode. (laughs) He makes that bomb and suffocates someone. Uh, Like... He kills another person, I believe, the chokes next episode. Them in the, chokes him in the basement. Yeah. Uh, he chokes another person in the next episode. Uh, he lets a girl die. He causes the plane crash and shows no remorse at all for it. Uh, at a certain point, like, you stop... Like, you can only say, oh my gosh, look where he sunk so many times before it starts losing its effect. Uh, and it has done that. For me, and if it, four. and if it didn't <laughs> seem to be going so far out of its way to do that, uh, then I would, I mean, then probably my initial thesis would make more sense. But since it does, uh, it makes me go back and wa- watch the beginning and think, oh, maybe that first episode where he just seems like completely disconnected from his family and like just kind of a dark, depressive asshole to begin mm-hmm. with, like maybe that's just, I don't know. I feel like. He already had to be there to, in order to make that sort of I should sell meth, you know, mm, sure. to leave. No, it's the crisis that makes his – the Heisenberg, I guess, side of his personality uh, blossom. Yeah, I mean, but – He's realizing you it, have was, to be it a, was there but brewing. And things I've – is it Vince, Vincent Chase or Vincent – who's the creator of the show? Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Vincent Chase is from Entourage. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Gilligan has stated, oh, it's about – what it would take to turn an ordinary man into a crime into boss. Into Scarface is which, what he said yeah, at one point. Which is, I'm glad that that is not all he's focusing his time on. Because no, it's a very poor example of that. It's a great example of sort of slam-bang entertainment and you know char- yep. character actors getting to portray interesting characters and mm-hmm, subverting expectations mm-hmm. and building up tension. But as an exploration of what it takes for a character to go from an ordinary man to, a, to uh, Scarface, it is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when it tries to but do, you do that, see, you do see as a season over season, uh, him finding his way to how to monetize, and how it never really gets it. It's not until season four that he gets ahead. Like for the first three yeah. seasons, everything that they do, they end up spending all of that money or more to 
cover up or compensate for where they are. <laughs> you know, in like they say that several times in the in the in the thing. It's like you know, two steps forward, three steps back, and 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 so forth. Um, it's not till season four, but even then, you know, there's a moment in season four when he when they're paying, you know, for his treatments for uh, Hank's injuries all of this of course brought on by by Walter's decision to to sell meth it's, everything is connected um that they're not really getting but but he is making money at a certain point like you know you could almost argue that the first season of Breaking Bad and uh, and a little further on up is kind of like Reservoir Dogs and that it's kind of like a great statement that crime truly does not pay and that um, you may have this romantic image of what drug dealers or gangsters, what they make, but in the end, they all end up in a warehouse suspecting each other and they all <laughs> get shot. I mean, you know, Reservoir Dogs is not a flattering movie to make yeah. someone go into crime, right? Uh, even if yeah. it is a cool movie, it's not flattering. And I think Breaking Bad kind of does that for a while, but um, then, you know, like at, at one point, um, Walter is... Uh, millionaire <laughs> you know he did they did make the one thing i never got with all the conflict between walter and jesse and gus who is the you know super vertically integrated very ambitious uh controlled drug dealer um is that through all of their conflicts in season three and season four where and how does he pay him <laughs> like it, through all of this like oh maybe he's trying to kill me maybe he's He's not. He's not direct depositing his paycheck. Yeah. So, like, there's there are many things that, in the service of being really good entertainment, um, like Jesse has the whole thing with uh, Tuco, the drug dealer, and he's brought in for possible murder and this and that, and then it's just dropped. It never comes back. Like, there's so many like the cops just conveniently forget about shit. Um, yeah. And, and for a while, I keep, I thought, I keep expecting cops to show up at Jesse's never-ending party in season four, <laughs> and like him suddenly being like, "Oh, we well, we found drugs, and then we found connection." Like, how how does no one ever yeah. call the cops on that never-ending fucking drug party in the middle of a nice suburb? Well, and that, and that's exactly. I mean, I'm. It's not a it's not a huge criticism against the show because when you file in what the show is about, it it it's not aiming to be perfectly right. realistic yeah. ever like it, like like those gangsters are like the ultimate clue like they're so ridiculous those yeah. two guys i'm willing to um, suspend disbelief and yeah and so you know it asks for a little bit um but it it is one of those shows that provides you this illusion that it's tightening the the noose around walter and that things are coming back but it it certainly gives him breathing room in unexpected ways it mm-hmm. it just by being not where the show wants to go dramatically. So yeah. they're like, well, yeah, we started that, but ah, fuck that. We're just going <laughs> to forget about it. We're, just like what they did with the with, with some of the character arcs in season one. It's it's a show that truly learns what its strengths are as it goes along. Like, I mean, one I of the things totally that agree with that, yeah. you could make the argument that Bob Odenkirk Who's great? Yeah. As oh the, my god! The so shysty slime bag lawyer called like, Saul Lionel Don, Lionel Hutz. <laughs> well, with his Don Cherry kind of suits, <laughs> and uh, uh, he's just. But at at the same point, I mean, he's a great character, and he's incredibly well played. Like it, it's a signature. Um, I mean, whether you're a Mister Show fan or not, I mean, it's a signature role for that guy. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. 
What, what did the academy hire you right out of the womb? You guys get younger every... What'd you say to Babyface, huh? Huh, did you say anything stupid? By anything stupid, I mean anything at all. As to your dead guy, uh, occupational hazards. Drug dealer getting shot. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's been known to happen. But let's start with some tough love, all right? Ready for this? Here goes. You two suck at peddling meth, period. There are laws, detective. Have your kindergarten teacher read them to you, right? Go grab a juice box, have a nap, go on. How would he, of all people, buy a laser tag business? It, it, it doesn't add up. It adds up perfectly. Walt's a scientist. Scientists love right. lasers. Every time they have a problem, better call Saul. Better call Saul. <laughs> like he, he knows someone or he's got a plan or or whatever. And um, it, it just it strikes you as strange that you would think that, that, uh, that Gus would be highly aware of this. But again, it's never, ever broached that... Mm. Like, I mean, sometimes Saul wants to leave. Sometimes he doesn't want to leave. Uh, you know, whatever. But he is kind of a, how do we get out of this? We, we'll just, we'll, we'll have, Saul will know someone or, or Saul will have <laughs> something that we can now pass to Walter, which they never had in the first two seasons. Um, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he becomes which more of a player over time. Yeah. Gave, gave more of a sense of danger. Once they set up with the super meth lab and it becomes this head game between um, uh, Walter and uh, Gus. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they do drop that sort of out-in-the-wide-world element that the first two seasons had. Yeah. I, also, I also like the sort of digressions that it will sometimes do, especially in its opening scenes. Uh, do you remember before <laughs> before the two uh, Anton Chigurhs come out, there was a, like a mariachi band yeah. singing a song about them? Giving us a, 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 summation, a summation of what's happened yeah, so like far. That. I and, like that. Yeah. Or that they'll spend a whole episode like fly like, oh, you know, one like of my we're favorite gonna, we're gonna We're gonna stop the story so we can comment on the story. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. like I said, fly is the is the like the Samuel Beckett episode. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 it's, it, and it actually has a very, uh, like, two very poignant moments in what is otherwise a totally arch episode. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's the only episode of Breaking Bad that is so disconnected from the through line of, you know, bad shit is always happening to Walter. In this case, it's this, like, like little farcical absurdity right in the middle but at the same point they graft in the uh, waltz apology to jesse for killing that girl jane she doesn't understand the apology yeah and later at the end of that episode he's up um and walter says you know i know you're skimming off the the you know the 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 weight of the meth and so he offers jesse uh like a get out of jail free card, basically, and Jesse chooses not to take it. But of course, then the writers quickly forget about Jesse and then just, just drop that whole thing. Like they just. Well, I mean, I think I think that the nature of television is spinning plates, um, and that's yes, it is. Mm-hmm. you you like no one sits down and writes an entire show um, from start to finish and then goes like, and films it. Right. It's, yep. And so the art of making good television is the art of being able to spin plates and being able to distract the audience's attention and to retroactively make things seem like they were purposeful when 
Yeah, that's that's what Lost failed to do. Yes, because, I I mean, there's nothing... People are, oh, they didn't know what they were doing during Lost. It's like, that wasn't the flaw. The flaw of Lost was, it was clear that they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, and there was no good payoff. For a good while, X-Files was very good. I was going to say, that's the hilarious thing, is that Vince Gilligan comes from X-Files, which was, in 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 the end, some... The, the screwed upness of X Files mythology and its failure to pay anything off ever yeah. um, is way worse than Lost ever was. Yeah, like Lost is like it's it's clearly the Prisoner, then Twin Peaks, then the <laughs> X Files, then Lost. Like that's a clear <laughs> progression of um, you know sort of. Uh, Sugar cookie or whatever the 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 the, the, the little like um, mystery clue. Like, yeah, what's sure. going on? I I have to be drawn further into the forest by the 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 sugar crumbs that the that that the the uh, writers are are doing, and each one gets a little better at hiding their holy fuck. We're just winging this shit. Um, because I mean, there's no doubt at at, at many points during Twin Peaks that. No one has any clue what they're doing. Like, I mean, as much as that show is praised, and I love the show, um, there are long stretches where they are just so winging it. And I mean, that's David Lynch's style to a large degree, anyway. Um, but yeah. you can clearly tell when he left that show to do other things. Yeah, when he comes back, like the show just got it gets refocused immediately when David Lynch comes back. But yeah, and X Files goes further. And, I think, and, and I think X Files is. X-Files screwed the pooch so hard that it is clearly, to me, one of the greatest shows of all time. And people will never, ever say that without reservations. They will never, ever say – I've never heard anyone just say, unless they were just like a total fanboy, I'll never heard anyone just say like, X-Files is great. Except for like, you know, the last four seasons. Like it's when David always, when David Coveney the company left, it was not even before worth... even even that last season he was on wasn't uh but because Yeah, and, okay. Especially I mean that I fucking love that show, but I skip mythology episodes because I now number one I'm, they are not good on their own. Um they, so that's something like I think Twin Peaks, uh even when you're watching it, you know, even if it didn't add up I really, really hate where Twin Peaks went, but they're fun to watch on their own. Like that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch them. Well, Twin Peaks has and the Prisoner have the advantage of brevity. Yeah, um, like yeah, the, 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 the problem with X Files and to one degree or another with Lost is that they're like a ton of seasons, and the seasons are twenty something episodes. A pop, like and each, and each episode is an hour. Filler, you you, yeah. you can't do that without constantly filling. That's the neat thing about Breaking Bad and and the the modern HBO model of television yeah. is that your season is like eleven to twelve hours. And while that does seem long, it's not twenty. Well, nineteen hours once you yeah. factor all the sure. commercials out of of uh, cable, uh, basic cable, whatever. Um, and and I think that Breaking Bad fits into that 10, 11 hour. There's not a ton of filler in Breaking Bad, which is refreshing. No, I and, never really feel and, that way. Well, I mean, I people think feel their slow five, spots. There are people that season, feel that way. I think season five is, um, is going to be, having not seen it, because um, <laughs> it's not made yet, <laughs> I think it's going to be irrelevant. Like, I actually honestly think they could have stopped at um, 
I win. Like, that could have been the end of the show. Done. I've, I've doubted them before, though. When season three ended, I'm like, okay, well, there's nowhere this show can go. Like, they are clearly... Well, we need like, to see what But season the three results. actually ends on a cliffhanger. Which but it ends on a cliffhanger, but I couldn't possibly imagine how it could continue. I couldn't possibly imagine how within 30 minutes of the of the first episode of the new season oh, that starting, they that they would be them, alive, yeah. you know? Right. Um, uh, and I, like, and I've... I, and I was so Don't doubtful. Doubt Gus. I was so <laughs> doubtful that, like, I started season four convinced it was going to be shitty. And I'm not, I, I and I'm not hmm. saying I really think there's a big difference between the cliffhanger season three ended and the sort of like complete deflation of tension that season four does. Like season five is going to be, it could be a good show, but it's going to have to be a very different show. I uh, think it will be. I really yeah. do. I mean, so I mean, but I I have complete faith in the creators of this show. I mean, I because they're going into they're going into places though that aren't necessarily their strong point. Their strong point was spinning those happen. plates and building tension and stuff. Their strong point was not comment like was not graceful character arcs. You know, and, I don't know if we're gonna have three episode three really slow episodes of you know Walt just. You know, being I, able honestly, to, to uh, you know, re- and honestly, let's, let's go ahead and talk about the season four finale, the last two episodes, which I feel are basically one long one. Season four, after season four finale, season five is going to have to start with an explanation of how any of that makes any fucking sense. Like. They might get to that. Okay. I don't know if it's going to happen right away. So the episode before the finale, um, Jesse's um, sort of his girlfriend's son has been poisoned. And Jesse immediately assumes that it was Walt because Walt was mad at him. That makes no sense. Um, I thought that well, was the point. They, they, they hinge that on this weird eye contact that Walt makes with the kid. When, when he visits, he comes when he goes to the visit. door, like it actually, I remember in real time watching that scene, going, "That's just weird and random that they hung on that for an extra second. It was like a big green arrow pointing to something. I had no idea, and I really didn't think of it after. But of course, after, after, yeah. in hindsight, uh, then it, then it'd be like, oh, okay, they lingered on that because they wanted to make the point. The problem with before we get into the the, the last fifteen seconds of the last episode of season four the problem the the the, the, i can sum it all up in 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 one sentence walt over the course of the show is a terrible liar a terrible liar and the show postulates that he overnight becomes such a convincing liar that um it's mind-blowing like because you watch the way all those scenes play out and you know, you do not believe for a second that he's making anything up because he's acting how Walt normally acts, and and it's a, it's a it's a incredibly disingenuous thing in the show. Like to to undercut, like if you look at all these times when he makes up shit for Skyler, oh, it's and horrible. You, you, you can you can watch though that that Skyler. And him, even before she knows about what he's up to, has this weird social contract of, you're dying of cancer, we got all these problems, I'm just going to let your bullshit slide. And that's the, that's the way, as a viewer, I can rationalize as to how long Skylar goes along <laughs> with Walt's 
awful lying. And you know, every time Walt goes into bad lying mode, it's incredibly obvious. Especially um, in season, why? that one moment in season four where uh, Hank is taking him to the uh, laundromat. Walt's just like stuttering, like, whoa, 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 what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, so why, why instantly with that final plot development does Walt become, you know, like Machiavelli? I I just, I think, but I I can't rationalize it. It, it, Also, really hurt me <laughs> also i don't think it makes sense because number one the way it's the, the filmmaking is extremely convoluted he's the kid little kid's been poisoned oh, okay so what happened was he must have immediately your mind and you see jesse's face and immediately you go oh shit the kid sneaked a cigarette you know which had the which had their yeah, the rice poison. yeah which had their super poison oh shit then jesse runs outside and looks at his pack and i guess you tell that he notices it's not there oh shit the kid sneaked the cigarette Jesse, what did you do? Then Jesse goes to Walter and starts screaming at him that Walter poisoned the kid. And you're like, wait a second. Why the fuck is he assuming Walter? And then he goes, oh, because you were fucking angry at me. So you poisoned a kid. That's not a leap of logic that anyone would make. Okay. Um, Hmm. And you – I've heard you justify, well, people in that state, they make illogical jumps. But the problem is that is – Textually, what Walter assumed Jesse would do, and how on earth would you assume <laughs> yeah. if this kid yeah. is poisoned, uh, and we don't, and he, we're going to assume that Walter gave him the cigarette and what forced him to smoke it, or like what? How does that even work out? So I thought the whole point was Jesse's going insane because clearly Walter didn't do anything, and then Walter's going. Oh no! It must have been Gus to make you think I did it, and I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. Why would that's another fucking logical step removed <laughs> that Gus would assume that Jesse would assume that Walt did it. And then in the end, when you realize Walt really did it, that means Walt would assume that Jesse would assume it was Walt, but then believe that it was Gus who was assuming like, Oh my God. Like my the, mind's the amount of bullshit, like logical leaps that have to be made for that to make sense. Number two, uh, kid got poisoned by a berry, uh, that Walt fed to him. Apparently kid's going to wake up. What happened? Oh, your friend fed me a berry. Like, how did he? <laughs> he how did he sneak it? Like, it's not, it's not a dog. You don't just put it in peanut butter. Like, like, I. Th- it makes no sense. Who do you know? Who's okay with using children, Jesse? Who do you know? Who's allowed children to be murdered? Hmm? Gus. He has. He has been ten steps ahead of me at every turn. And now, the one thing that he needed to finally get rid of me is your consent. And boy, he's got that now. He's got it. And not only does he have that, but he manipulated you into pulling the trigger for him. Only you and I know about the rice. No! You don't even believe that. Gus's cameras everywhere, please. Listen to yourself. No, he has known everything all along. Where were you today? In the lab? And you don't think it's possible that Tyrus lifted the cigarette out of your locker? Come on. Don't you see? You are the last piece of the puzzle. You are everything that he's wanted. You're his cook now. You're the cook and you have proven that you can run a lab without me. And now that cook has reason to kill me. Think about it. It's brilliant. So go ahead. Come. If you think 
and I am capable of doing this than go put a bullet in my head and kill me right now. But like I said, one of their strengths is they're able to retroactively justify it. But still, uh, like See, I can't. To me, I think it's it's and and again, if they fix it all in season five and they do it in some delightfully showmanship driven fashion, which admittedly is an expertise yeah. of this show. Yes, but but the the point is, um, I think the writers got too caught up on their theme of. Walter will find a new low. Walter will become everything that he doesn't want to be in the service of saving his family. But in reality, he just wants to have the biggest swinging dick on the block at this point. And that is, that's what I'm talking about, the show being a, satiric, a, a satire of 21st century manhood yeah. and masculinity. And I think that the show is pretty good at it. But at that point... Um, you know, they jumped the shark with that development. Like, thematically, it makes perfect sense. But mm-hmm. to do it in that particular yeah. what <laughs> connecting of the dots, which was just perfectly outlined, of how ludicrous, the uh, not the behavior, but the fact that this has to be assumed by another character that this is all going to work out that way or within a reasonable framework of that way, it, it just – it does not – hold water it's so such a screenwriting cop-out um but again if if they if 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 they have their if 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 all this is is the turn and they've still got their prestige to pull out i'm i'm fine with that but i i don't for a second believe that that's the case and again jim the reason you didn't have a problem believing these is because you assume that walt did it but what what logical was... basis, other than the fact that you knew that it was a show with this theme, like what events made you well, believe that that was what happened? Well, I think no, in retrospect, a... that's the that's the thing I was thinking about. Where what like at that moment in time when I saw the second to last episode, my thought wasn't necessarily Walt poisoned the kid. It was Walt is going to become a Gus-like figure and be- become capable at some point in time of doing something that low. And we've seen it time and He's time again. He's already worse, though. I know, that's, but that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Jim's I'm, on to something. It's an absolute bingo in that um, ju- uh, Walt knows that in order to beat Gus, he has to have like four circles within circles because that's how Gus operates. And so mm-hmm. he just one-ups him in in the way that he's one-upped every drug dealer and aspect of the drug trade up until that point but again i again i understand that aspect of it i understand that why walter would want to do that i just choose to question the syntax of how that's done okay now that's 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 one thing i wanted to bring up right at this moment in time the way patrick described it a little earlier i'm like that totally makes sense to me now why you have reservations about how this whole thing played out because and I was I was thinking I was thinking of it retroactively. Yeah, especially the filmmaking because like you don't find out that Jesse know like by the way you just hear Jesse knows for a fact that the little kid couldn't have smoked sneaked it. Mm. Like you don't really know you don't really like you just hear that yeah. from him, but you don't find that out until after he's already put a gun in Walt's mouth, basically. Like which is <laughs> again it's just poor, unclear filmmaking. Uh, okay, because if you're if they want you to follow the logic, that's not 
you know, you don't want to assume that Jesse's fucked up, which is what you're assuming for the first my 10 only, minutes of that. My only rationale behind all that is that I get so caught up in my emotional response to what's taking place at that moment in time between certain characters that I'm not thinking in that in those terms. I'm not thinking of logistics. I'm not thinking of what that doesn't make sense. I think I just get like, you know, so invested and involved that yeah. Maybe, you know, retroactively, yeah, well, I should have I, had those. I no, I, I want to make clear. I thought it was I thought it was kind of a bullshit thing. Um the fact that Walt ended up doing it, but at the same time, that sort of push and reveal, I had the same oh shit, that's fucking incredible reaction everyone else had. It was only afterwards I looked back and like, uh, it was kinda of bullshit. No, <laughs> yeah. I was pissed off the moment I saw the camera tracking. <laughs> I yeah, was I don't I, think we needed I, I was that. Really no, but no, no, Je- but Jim, this is the other co- this is the other thing I have with you. I know we had a Jim, long debate. If there via email, y- y- it doesn't make sense, Jim. Like from where you're coming from, without a push into that, how would you know that Walt did it? Um, how would I, you, how would that be clear to the audience that Walt did it? I think my only issue was just why can't we have a long shot of the plant? I don't because know, I don't, like a, I don't, a long I don't, shot would include the pool and like what kind, kind of, of how fi- close to the plane. I kind of figure like I, I mean because especially if you go back and watch the episode where he's spinning the gun and sort of making a decision. Well, no, no, no that's my point. Since they already set that up, yeah, maybe make you, it more and ambiguous. Then the only no, but if they only set, no, but it's not ambiguous because they already have a, a all, setup. It, all it takes is one botanist on the internet to go, oh, Lily of the Valley, that's what Walt has by its pool, and then it's spread across the internet, and then people on their own sort of go, oh, and they have a revelation. That's not as good <laughs> as having everyone watching it at the same time reveal. Okay, you know, you either remove the part with the gun spinning, or. You know, but even then, like all it takes is one botanist to go Lily of the Valley. That's weird because that's one of the plants. Walt, like, because the earlier, average person yeah. doesn't know what the fuck Lily of the Valley is. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds fake, honestly. It sounds like a like a plot device from Final Fantasy game. Maybe uh, it's yep. because, like, I don't know. Maybe I wanted a. I'm not saying I wanted. I'm, I'm so programmed to expect a cliffhanger of whether or not Walt did it. I mean, at the time, yeah, I was. The, thi- go ahead. The ending's not a cliffhanger. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it actually it's funny for all of that I hate the last 15 seconds of Breaking Bad season 4. The ending is actually very much akin to the ending of Game of Thrones season 1, which I think is the proper way normally um <laughs> to end a TV show not on a cliffhanger, on a promise, which okay. is what which is what the ending of Breaking Bad season 4. It's ending on the promise of season 5 being about Walter picking up the pieces of Gus's empire and forget about supporting my family or protecting my family anymore. Now it's all about Power this is what and, I'm yeah. meant to do and, 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 and I'm going to salvage it by taking ownership rather than by getting out. Um, and, and that's interesting. I just... Yeah. The, the reason why that it bothers me instead of like, like the way they end Game of Thrones season one I think is magnificent in that how it promises what you're going to get in season two without actually leaving any cliffhangers. Um, it, but the fact that the way that it goes about it, the way that it cheats the viewer with cheap theatrics, not good showmanship, with cheap theatrics, which is that connect the dots element that Patrick outlined it's that's cheap theatrics that is the bad robot school of screenwriting where momentum trumps brains we're just going to go so fast that the audience cannot think 
we're and and and, and so we don't have to make sense. Well, sorry, this is the 21st century, and people rewatch shit and people reflect on it after. So you know, it doesn't hold water. I but I but I, I'm perfectly fair with the I will withhold judgment until season five does what it does but it, my gut instinct is to say that season five will be a colossal fuck up <laughs> uh, and that they, they will just like you said they've gone outside the scope of what made the show now they have mm. to deal with what do we do after Laura Palmer's killer has been revealed yeah, where yeah. do we go also, well, also we, that they. But did, I'm interested to see also where they what go. I, well, I mean, I'm interested too. But I'm. I would be interested if Woody Allen said he was going to make a horror movie. It doesn't mean it's going to be good. It's just sort of like, well, what the fuck are they going to do? Uh, it's. In, but I. I'm too again, forgiving. again, I think the. I think the problem is it's all those cheap theatrics Kurt was talking about in service of something they've hammered home five times before. Now that I completely agree with. Like yeah. I mean, really, the fact that he fucking caused how many people to die in that plane crash and showed no remorse at all? That's all you need to know. Like, there's not a single, like, scene of him. Yeah, but no, no, no. But this is the fascinating thing about Breaking Bad is that it's it's parsing the difference between three degrees of separation, two degrees of separation. It's like the difference between... Manslaughter, second degree yeah, murder, and first no, degree that's murder. True. Like that—that's the beauty of of the. And again, why that whole thing works thematically? Because now you've got like, okay, at the beginning, he's desperate and fighting for his life. It's like right. self defense, so that's okay. In Texas, you're all good. <laughs> um, and and then it becomes a well, I did a bunch of things, and those things rippled out. And had horrible context. But now it's like, you know, corporations poisoning the environment. Well, we were allowed to mine there. And I'm sorry, I, we didn't intend to wreck this patch of land. It's just business. So that was like the plane crash. And then some of the like casual murders where he bails Jesse out and he just comes in guns blazing because Jesse's. So now I'm helping a friend. But the the girl in season two, which I think is the first one, um, and then, the, which is, but that's just a opportune moment. Like if Walt wasn't there, she would have died anyway. He just, it's a passive way. Whereas the final season in Breaking Bad, it's a, you know, Rube Goldberg <laughs> premeditated fucking mousetrap that yeah. he builds intentionally Very quickly. in cold blood for the whole thing. So that's the, <laughs> this is the weird, um, you know. No, that's a uh, moral good relativity that the show <laughs> digs into, uh, um, and, and again, I see that working thematically. It's just there is what you say a suspension of disbelief. I can buy those the two Mexican super goons because the show is kind of like this. It's just for some reason my issue, completely my problem, that I cannot suspend disbelief around this big set of assumptions to make Walt's super plan work. And they don't even give you the slightest of handholds to say, well, he just seized a little bit of serendipity. No, like they, they make it like he's some, you know, um, Kasparov, like see every possible freaking angle. Yeah. Um, you know, he's deep blue at the end of, <laughs> at the end of Breaking Bad. And, and, uh, and, and that just makes me feel cold and, 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 and wrong, you know? That's sad. Now yeah. I'm all depressed. Losing I know it's weird yeah. because I, I again to go back to the ending. I I really love the show. It's it's amazing. 
and greatly tied into the theme of Breaking Bad, how much consequences 15 seconds of footage over a what? Like 60 hour show? Yeah. How mm. much 15 seconds? Yeah, um, the the downward spiral aspect of just like, you know, Walt fucks up or makes a wrong poor decision and the the, the things he's had to confront like to me that's I mean it's not so much like him losing his morality. That's I mean I brought that up at the beginning where I thought what, like the first it, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And the first season, it's like, oh well, you know, it's you know, he's le- he leads two lives. He's a he's a you know high school chemistry teacher, but he's also a meth dealer. You know, and that's a good way to hook also, people in. It's kind of unclear. What, at what point does he quit his high school teaching job? I don't know. Well, he's no. It, 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 season... it, it's very clear. It's right in the middle of an episode. It's made very explicit. But the thing is, in the first two episodes, that. because he's moving through the stages of cancer, he's le- he's on leave. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where he actually he makes a pass at the principal. Like, oh, and, I don't. And he's legitimately I don't remember that. Free. I don't like remember he, that. Yeah. It, and it all has to do with that airplane. It's all after the airplane. So it's season three. Okay. It's, it's uh... actually kind of funny because there's a scene in season three. In the high school gym, and it's a really awesome scene yeah. where the where the teachers have brought all the students into the gym to discuss their grief. This is a classic twenty first century over counseling, you know, sort of education system fuck up. But anyway, they all bring all the students in and all the teachers, and they're talking about you know what the emotional consequences of the plane crash are and and how it affects them. And then Walt gets the mic. And he, it's hilarious <laughs> yeah. because he tries to rationalize it. Well, it's only the eighth, eighteenth largest uh, plane crash, and it is this wonderful thing of insight of how Walt's mind has been able to compartmentalize yeah. mm-hmm. what he's doing. It's a great scene. It is, it is a funny, funny, funny scene too because it is. It's, it's a funny show. And, it is a very it is funny show. show. It is Absolutely. a funny show, and that's a great moment and it's right after that that he uh so it's like fairly early in season three when he because he need he needs to be because the 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 cook schedule in the uh the laundromat meth super lab is is incredibly demanding right Um, Mm -hmm. so he at that point it's like what the hell like i i have no reason to be doing this anymore but the one thing the show never addresses is i mean skylar is constantly concerned about the accounting of their money. And Saul has some, again, very lazily written, we'll do this kind of thing. But it never really, and maybe they, maybe they get a pass because the timeline of the show is fairly condensed. So it might take a while before someone catches on. But basically, they never address the fact that, you know, they're pulling in lots of money and no one's working, um, you know, in any real capacity and they're fine. Like, it's just kind of one of those things that the show pays lip service to but yeah. doesn't really which which i mean I, I feel like that is the right approach because i think that would also yeah, fall into another yeah that falls into another example of uh, what what doesn't work what what we want to avoid um yeah, i want to yeah. ask one question about leap one more question about leaps of logic um something that i was convinced was going to be sort of the linchpin of season four um but never seemed to happen uh do you think hank knows about walt because oh, at a certain uh, point, all the stuttering yeah. and all the nervousness and all the expertise and all the arrogance about the chemi- – like at a certain point, Hank has been shown not only to be 
not not only to be smart, but to be one of the best that DA has as far as putting yeah, evidence I've, I together. I would have figured after the moment um, Walt was really drunk at the dinner table. Yeah, like that seemed really. I, I was convinced that was like uh, I was convinced about yeah. like, like like Hank was going like, to yeah into like about that. six episodes in. I'm like, okay, so this is going to end with Hank confronting Walt or something. Um, and the well, initial well, in the back, initials back in that book. Back up for a second. The uh, yeah, the that scene at the dinner table is a classic example of, um, despite Walt always saying that you know this is for my family for the security or whatever. uh, That's that's a great moment where they say, yeah, it's a bit about your family and and security, but mostly it's about your ego. Yeah, and the fact (laughs) that he had a moment there to completely. You know, Hank was done. He he was done, and um, and because of Walter's ego, he he said he he actually uh, yeah. offers him a tease. And and one you could argue again that's the writers, you know, making their show perpetually move with that tension. But I don't know. I don't. I don't ever think that Hank um, knows. I I think that one of the, the 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 conceits that the show takes extreme delight in is that. Um, Walt, Hank is such a man, and Walt is such a not man in Hank's esteem that he that that, that it's 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 a it's a big blind spot. It's the ultimate blind spot for Hank, and they play that out with um, Walt's son all the time. Yeah, uh, the show plays that out. But then, but then there are weird moments like when Walt comes in and when when. Um, uh, Hank is having the panic attacks and he doesn't want to take the job and he doesn't want to really commit to anything and and Walt comes in and basically tells him to be a fucking man. <laughs> like I, I love how <laughs> the show does that. Like it 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 really does hammer the shit out of that without ever exhausting the well. Like the manhood mm-hmm. element of the show to me is what keeps me going it, particularly because it's being very ironic about it, it it's being yeah. very satirical about it it never ever for one like once believes that um that walter is taking the morally superior man or role by being the most manly man yeah. uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's a fascinating I don't know deconstruction of masculinity in this time and place right now. I, I just it, it's probably one of the strongest elements of the entire show. Um, it, it, I guess intellectual elements as opposed to the pure showman. Like I mean the yeah the the moon, people when people get shot in the head or have their faces ripped off or whatever the show really delights <laughs> in yeah for sure it, like like i think there's a point a box cutter it's like i think it might yeah. be the first episode of yeah. season 4 where gus just cuts this guy's head practically off and it is the camera never looks away it it just it's so oh, crazy. Crazy. yeah so can i talk to you okay violent. That is. So in the episode, which of course in their own clever, you know, winking way that they like to do is called Face Off, uh, <laughs> half of Gus's face is blown completely off in the fi- yeah. finale. Didn't did anyone else think for a split second that he was a robot because the the skull was like kind of metallic colored? Yeah, I did. I mean, not necessarily like, <laughs> like, there was, like not my necessarily- moment was. My no, moment. I did. <laughs> okay, because the skull. I mean, you, you can look back. It is literally. I don't Terminator. know. If, I don't know if it's the. Uh, I don't know if it's just the CGI, not you know, just being television quality, but it looks like it's metal and not bone. So well, this was my thought process. 
explosion. Oh, fuck, Gus is dead. Gus walks out. Holy fuck, Gus is alive. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then camera whips around. Oh, Gus is a robot? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it was literally... You take anything at that point. (laughs) Yeah, like, it was like three increasing epiphanies. And it was it was one of the greatest I moments. Think I was I, right I, with you. Greatest moments ever watching TV is those within a matter of like ten seconds. Yeah, ten to fifteen seconds going from going from those three extreme emotions. Okay, well, a couple little funny details. Um, Gus's assistant is constantly searching the room for bugs, but yeah. doesn't notice the gigantic bomb on the wheelchair. That's funny. That's yeah. just funny. Yeah. That that exists. I, again. No problem with that, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they do the the Gus walk yeah. after the bomb goes off to me that is Breaking Bad at its showmanship fucking finest. I I no problem with that. That it's yeah. funny that I have the big issue with the friggin' plant and yeah. the, the what that implies, but all of the little like Breaking Bad flourishes, no problem. I just feel that the final ending is dishonest uh, to how. Well written. Everything else is like in terms of Walt's journey. So uh, I'm that's somewhat my... convinced. <laughs> just a little bit. No, I mean I'm just saying that between the two of you, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm definitely leaning more because I, I I guess that's a uh, kind of a selfish reason why I wanted to have this bonus episode. I'm like I'm not quite seeing that, but I really want to hear explanations arguments for why that is considered poor writing and the more i that's been brought to my attention i i, I i'm i'm falling onto that side but uh, one one quick question before we s- start to wrap things up here it's completely inconsequential but it's something that i've become hyper aware of within the show it probably means nothing why does hank's wife always wear purple and purple drapes, purple bed sheets, mm-hmm. purple, purple, purple. Oh well, um, it's actually, it's actually there. If you look carefully, um, one of the other great clever things the writer's done, Barney. Um, if you if you look carefully, at sort of background signs and stuff, she's actually royalty. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Hmm. No. I don't okay. know. Actually, if you if you okay. look at the if you look at the credits, Prince decorated. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's actually that that Betsy Grant or whatever. That's just Prince's new name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a impressive job that they do. Uh, that, that whole character played by Prince. Nice. Uh, uh, probably but, uh, means absolutely no, it's nothing. No, it's just a, it's just a character thing. She's okay. she's the kind of weird woman. I who... thought maybe shoplifters like to wear purple, and I just didn't know it. No, I... no, no. She's like the kind of woman who is like who when she likes something, she is unable okay. to be objective right. at all about it. So she's like, I love purple, so everything must be purple. Like, and I love you... Splenda in my it's coffee. Like, it's like, don't you? Aren't you but aware? But don't they that... do this in? I, I they do this in feature films. Some feature films, I believe. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't know if they do this. But they certainly color codify characters and yeah. things in yeah. movies. Maybe they just there's a lot of, there's a lot with black and something. white in a lot of movies and especially lost, you know, different characters. Oh, I'm going to wear all white. Oh, I'm going to wear all black. 
<laughs> you know, oh, yeah, that, those all, colors. That's all, that's all, you know, that's all semiotics. That's all like you see John Wayne in the white hat. You see the guy in the black hat. You know, who's the villain and who's the hero. True. I mean, it's just a shorthand. I just wasn't sure if maybe I don't the think, color but purple. I don't, I don't think the exact color of purple is a shorthand for anything about her character. I think just the fact that all of her clothes are a color. Are you um, sure it's not a reference to Spielberg's color purple in any no, way? No, I think it's... Um, I think it's actually a reference to a traumatic childhood experience in which she got a purple nurple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, all the nitpicking aside, <laughs> all the little, let's all like yeah summarize it, our thoughts. It, here. It, it 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 is incredible entertainment as a TV show. Yes. I I do not rank it as high as some. I rank it very high, but I do not rank it like best show on television by a long shot. I, I what I what do you feel is the best show on television? Um, my favorite, my favorite shows on on television um, are uh, well, recently are Deadwood and The Wire. But if you go back further, uh, I Claudius. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's like the late seventies, um, and but I'm not a TV guy, so I'm oh, like I'm same. no no expert. Um, uh, but I just I do like the fact that um, uh, I mean. I think Deadwood and, 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 and The Wire have a lot more on their mind about saying something about society, uh, I guess, I don't know, macroscopically. Whereas Breaking Bad, its, it's, uh, it's big card is, is the, the satire of, of masculinity. And, right. I, and I think it does have a lot of interesting things to say. I just don't think it's as wide... Uh, encompassing as uh, as some of the other uh you know like upscale tv shows now i've never watched six feet under i've never watched the sopranos there's tons of great shows that i've that i've never watched um but uh i mean breaking bad works and i think is best at either its satire or it's just pure we're gonna we're gonna wow you we're gonna we're gonna wow you but the problem is is that that the only thing is that after four seasons, five seasons, eventually, if you keep upping the bar, there's, you know, there's a point where, where nothing can, you know, you're just now you're spinning your wheels because you've hit. And I think that at the end of season four, without those last 15 seconds, if they just, I I think it would have been a ballsy, ballsy situation. (laughs) If, if, if Walt just said, I win, cut to credits, show's over. (laughs) Done. Yeah. Or the season could have been over for for me. <laughs> I don't know. That might have been an interesting. Choice. But again, it's like season five. If they stick that, which I am with Kurt, where I'm, I am kind of not thinking they will at all. Um, but I am hopeful. Aww. I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, if they stick, my hopes that, are up too high. Probably it's going to be fucking incredible. Um, I just watched a pilot for a show called Homeland. That it, this show could potentially, based on especially the the character of Damian Lewis, on with one episode. This is a Showtime show. It stars uh, Damian Lewis, Claire Danes, and Claire Danes. Um, I, I watched the pilot, and I'm sold. I'm can't wait to get into this show. It's about uh, Claire Danes plays um, an, an operative who uh, um, she, she works for the government, obviously, uh, but she 
um, had a lot of um, interactions with the Iraqis and like dealing with Al Qaeda and all that stuff. And it's uh, a very politically intense show. But uh, at one point, well, I guess the, I guess the the thrust of the show revolves around um, a character that uh, comes home as you know a POW or he he was held captive in Al Qaeda and he may or may not have been turned by them. So that's like kind of the mystery and Claire Danes plays this bipolar agent who is you know convinced that he's already turned and she's trying to convince other people. One episode completely sold. Uh it's it's really intense and I can't wait to see if she's proven right or wrong or if we don't get an answer at the end of the season, but there's a reason why this show is getting a lot of accolades, and I just want to. Did either of you read the article in the New York Times today? No. About about television, the fallout from Lost, and what oh. it, it's not. It's not lumping Breaking Bad in this. Breaking Bad is actually Breaking Bad, Mad Men. Uh, you know, most of the HBO stuff is somewhat ex- of ex- exceptions. But I know Homeland comes up, and there's like Homeland, Fringe. American Horror Story. There's just a lot of these. Uh, and and the, the argument that the author writes is that with Lost's super expensive pilot and super mysterious right out of the gate hooks, that this is filtered in to television, that they write the shit out of the first episode in the hopes that it will catch. And then they, then they have to do something afterwards, whereas... That's- as opposed to a fully or you know like at least breaking bad yeah they they didn't know everything and they certainly are learning from their own mistakes but they never set breaking bad up to be this great mystery the, the, the breaking right. bad is about character choices and and i don't know like i don't know if homeland fall i'm i'm, I'm just cuz homeland was cited in this piece about saying that as homeland goes on like they just it's it's unsustainable and, and it could happen. That's how I felt about Boardwalk Empire. Like Boardwalk Empire had that super expensive Martin Scorsese directed pilot episode, which was Very spectacular. Good. Yeah, and then the rest of it was really dull. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's I that could very well happen with this show. I'm hoping that I mean, people don't. I don't think people have said that it you know dies down or loses momentum. I've heard good things about Homeland. Yeah, so I'm not. I mean, but that is that is interesting, and I hope that that is not. What people take away, like I'm, I'm, a I'm hoping, for a good I'm hoping that they combine successes of and the fallout of people not liking the finale of Lost, uh, and the combined successes of shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, which are, uh, you know, really both excellent shows, yeah. will will have positive effects as opposed to sort of yeah, just people I, putting I, all their marbles in the pilot. I I agree. I but, sure hope uh, so. It's tough. Like it, it, you know, like shows like Breaking Bad. They don't. They seem to come out more often now. Like many people say, we're in a golden age of TV. And judging by what's out there versus other decades, I'm inclined to agree. But yeah. uh, there, there is a point when you when you stop and you look around and you're like, there are X number of channels, and the original content of X number of channels equals this. Like, <laughs> it's it's amazing the the amount of product that exists in in a business model that as the internet and BitTorrent and everything else eats away like if you go into wikipedia it says breaking bad costs 3 million dollars per episode and you think about it breaking bad has no 
spaceships, laser guns, makeup. Or, how do they spend $3 million an episode on Breaking Bad? Just in the salaries? Mise-en-scene and shit. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, no, no, I, it uh, is the most expensive... On, it is shot on 35 millimeter. And the but, most expensive yeah. thing to make a film is time. And, you know, maybe... Yes. And the uh, television is notoriously quick-paced. Maybe Breaking right. Bad is... Uh, well, most HBO shows certainly don't come out with a you know a new season every year, or at least every how we're used to with regular. Yeah, but TV. but again, like uh, the, the beauty of the HBO model, um, which of course encompasses AMC shows like Mad Men and 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 uh, yeah. Breaking Bad, is that they yeah they they only have to make ten hours worth. They're not making twenty two. Um, they they just have to make ten hours worth, and they can probably sit down and write it a little bit like be a bit more careful than like a show like lost where where you you need 22 episodes in the can um by the end of the season and yeah you can skip a week here and there but basically you're always in production all the time always firefighting i would imagine that the the writing team has more time to sit around and contemplate what they're going to do in a in a scene by scene sense as opposed to like this yeah. is the arc of the season um to to get things because when you look at the when you look at the yeah the writing of Mad Men and 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 the wire and 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 deadwood and big love and all all these kind of new shows they are well written they're exceptionally well written and they do have all sorts of interesting themes that they really pull off well and i think breaking bad is an interesting hybrid because it 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 does have that High high minded thing, but it also has that pure showmanship aspect, which which makes <laughs> it kind of a a fun middle. Like it really does. Like it's never going to end up at the top of my list, but I am really grateful that someone has found a way to balance those two elements. Yeah. I get gore, and I get interesting characters, and I get tension. Like like that's you know, and I get satire. Like it really. There's a lot of eggs in that. Breaking Bad basket. Like, there's a lot of them. Amen. Amen to that. I mean, like, I, I just, to sort of conclude, I just, I cannot imagine season five. I mean, I mean, if, 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 you know, season five winds up being like the last season of Lost, I'll be fucking pissed. And I, I just, I just have, you know, this, this, this blind co- optimism. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly. It's a blue sky out there. It's a, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. And anybody who knows me can attest to that. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Maybe it's uh, the wrong place to be, but at the same time, I, it, it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, but by the way, while we're recommending uh, recent shows, if you want to watch, if you want to laugh, first, oh, here first, he goes. First here three he goes. episodes of American Horror Story, the funniest, like that pilot, you want to talk about throwing all, you want to talk about like, what you were talking about, Kurt. That pilot is the kitchen sink of retarded myth building. <laughs> uh, it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and it, it's like Tommy Wiseau's Twin Peaks. Like it's yeah, I, that's what I've heard about that show, and that the fact that like the, this again, the New York Times article explicitly references American Horror Story, and and the, their joke was like. Each episode is an entire season of Lost. Yeah, like each episode, it really like they is. have to put in like what? things into like one episode, and and it, I think that a lot of people, 
because there there does seem to be a fair bit of buzz in in you know internet circles at least on American Horror Story, but they they're appreciating it, they're appreciating it far more in a camp sense than in a and this and, is and to be fair and to, television. To, to be fair, there's not a lot of winking in American Horror Story, but. I mean, the creator, Ryan Murphy, he's the creator of Glee and Nip Tuck. Like, he, I think he's well aware of the camp. And I like that he isn't making it too winky, but uh, at the same the Creator of Glee is making American Horror Story? The creator, uh, I think he's one of the creators of Glee, and he created Nip Tuck, which is another show that. Yeah, I know, I know that show. I never that saw didn't it. Last very long. There was a whole season of Nip Tuck that was a slasher movie. Oh, great. Um, where there oh. was a masked killer. I had no idea. <laughs> there was a masked wow. killer, and then like you were trying to figure out the whole season who the killer was, and it was like, wait, in the show about plastic surgery, like it's a he's a campy, he makes campy stuff, and so to be to be fair, American Horror Story for as sort of po faced as it plays it sometimes is really uh, like I think people who are enjoying it are enjoying it on the level it's intended. I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be as dumb. <laughs> in a, in a right. bitchy sense, because we're still rambling here, yeah. can I call out how much I fucking hate Dexter? And yes, oh god, I, and, and how much completely Dexter agree. fans piss me off? Oh, it's the um, worst. Yeah, because I, I, th- I think that Dexter could. I, I watched the first season, and then the maybe half of the next season. Same and here. I mean that's long enough. Like yeah. I mean, you 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 don't have to say, well, if you wait two more seasons, it'll get better. That's that's unacceptable. Uh, but anyway, the the issue with Dexter for me is that um, if they drop the voiceover, which people think is so cute, and I fun hate, and it. Witty, hate it. But that voiceover kills the whole show. The whole yeah. show would be lovely transgressive if it didn't constantly wink and handhold you and say oh yeah he's a serial killer and we're gonna let you know it it's gonna be all very much (laughs) blah 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 i i I did oh my the show just it's funny because it could have worked on an like an american psycho level kind of um fail satire kind of thing but then the the fact that they're going to patiently make you laugh at how cute and clever they are about the whole thing it yeah. it just undermines the whole show. I don't like the way that. I described the way I described it half the show is the shittiest part of any cop show you've ever seen where it's like oh it was a clean shooting and it's like we don't care about these characters why are we spending so much time with these homicide detectives who are like just boilerplate uh, cop show stuff yeah. and then the other half is that scene in Beetlejuice where Lydia is like I myself am strange and unusual. Like the whole <laughs> fucking thing is just like, man, I'd kill for a donut right now. Little does he know I have killed, but not for a donut. Like, <laughs> why isn't the Simpsons par- parody that? I'm sure they have. They should. I'm, I don't know. I'm sure I, I'd rather. Michael, I, I'm sure it was the the kind of gentle, not actual like satire, but just referencing that the Simpsons yeah, does now, and they sure, got Michael C. Sure, Hall to, sure. to do it. <laughs> I'd um, rather watch no, Cop I, Rock. I hate Dexter. <laughs> I would love. I have fond I, memories of when Cop oh, Rock. Oh, I would love. To I'm a huge see Cop Ronnie Rock. Cox fan, and I'm like, they gave Ronnie Cox a TV show. Awesome! <laughs> wow. Uh, this yeah. Way off the beaten path. I'm sure you yeah, can yeah. watch the episode somewhere online. <laughs> They're fun. Maybe we should. We should probably do more bonus episodes. We should we do bonus episodes TV. about Cop Rock. About I would and love Herman's to see head. Cop Rock. I, I would totally, <laughs> totally find. All the episodes of Cop Rock. <laughs> Cop Rock. Well, um, maybe next year, well, you know, hey, once we'll a month, throw in a TV I, show episode. Yep. 
Cool. Yep. Well, thanks again, Kurt, for uh, joining us for this very lively and fun discussion on one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite. Really appreciate it. Um, where can people read more of your work? And we should have done this at the, the official episode, but that's okay. Well, uh, well, mainly you can find me at row three, where I'm fairly active in the comment section and in posting. Um, I stopped doing news items for Twitch, but I still contribute reviews. So you can find world genre cinema reviews over at Twitch, and then uh, yeah, um, um, the Movie Club, which uh, Jim graciously joined us for the last episode, and there should Thank be you. an episode in. January. Maybe, uh, yeah. uh, Paris, Texas, and Southland Tales. And, uh, yeah, and I still I bounce around from podcast to podcast. We've got a nice little uh, uh, beach community going here. Definitely. Always look forward to the Cinecast, so everybody should check that show out. And uh, that'll about do it for this bonus episode uh, of uh, Breaking Bad. Maybe next month, uh, you know, maybe throw some requests if you want. guys want us to talk about something in particular, a TV show or yeah, something. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. So Yeah, uh... definitely. I mean, we can definitely do this once a month, so cool. All right, everybody, uh, visit directorsclubpodcast.com for more goodies. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You email us at directorsclubpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and our Twitter is very little updated, but <laughs> please follow us at DC Podcast yeah. Twitter. Thanks. Oh, and by the way, I'm at Instant Jim. I'm at Patrick Ripple. Amen. And I'm at Triflick. Triflick. Which right. is a which is a chemistry term. So there you go. Uh, very good. Very good. Nice, Nice way to wrap things up. Okay. Goodbye. Uh, see you later. Thanks. Bye. He's like, I love purple, so everything must be purple. And like, I love splendid my like, coffee. Walt's just like stuttering, like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 Holy fuck, Gus is alive! Yeah, that's what I thought. And then, camera whips around. Oh, Gus the robot? (laughs) 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 Like. Four, three, two, one, Earth below us. Drifting, falling, floating, waveless. to the 6 to the 9, representing the ABQ. What up, biatch? Leave it at the tone.